Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Looking at my screen, one of the first things I do, I've got a lot of stocks on my screen. Uh, AMD versus Intel. Uh, I'm not sure why they're both. Oh, it's semiconductors. Okay, I got my semiconductor index open. Um, semiconductors are kind of a, a play on business spending. Uh, I'm seeing AMD down 6% today. Intel's kind of flattish. I remember a day back in the, in what happened? This was fun back in the mid-80s, early 90s. Uh, definitely into the 2000s, where technology, there was three semiconductor makers that went into your computer. There was either Intel, AMD, or a company called Cyrix. Uh, Cyrix is gone. So now it's AMD or Intel, and AMD just continues to stick around. Uh, not that long ago, a plumber friend of mine, might be an electrician, said, hey, I was working inside someone's house that works at AMD, and he was telling me about their new semiconductors, and they're pretty awesome. I'm like, I don't believe you. Like, I just don't believe, like, how long has it been since I really cared about a semiconductor? Um, every now and then I still see, like, I saw a Dell commercial this morning, and it ends with Intel inside, and I'm like, that meant something in the 90s to me, but it hasn't meant much in the last 10 years to me. Um, in large part, we saw the 8086 become the, um, 286, the 386, the 486, the Pentiums. And now it's, I don't, I haven't, I haven't noticed a new Intel chip in 10 years. I know there are some, but they're not like headlines. They're not business headlines anymore like they used to be. Um, yes, a little Intel inside for sure. And when I used to buy computers, and they just seem to be lasting longer these days, or maybe I'm just not using them as much. I, I would prefer Intel chips over AMD because I believed the marketing, which again tells you that under the age of 40, marketing really does work. <laughs> maybe it works for everyone. I don't know. But 
that was technology described in just a teeny tiny, you know, quick thought was we used to care. And now it's like, oh, did you see that Facebook is going to be bidding on the NFL? The technology stories are different. Now we're talking about streaming. Now we're talking about devices and uh, less so we're talking about desktop computers and, you know, the power of chips and, you know, Windows used to have these massive upgrades and uh, we cared. So why the Rolling Stones let Microsoft use Start Me Up for Windows 95 was, A, it was such a big technological launch that Microsoft wanted to put money into it. I enjoy watching technology from a distance. I, it's the one thing I'm going to miss when I die. It's, I'm not going to miss pasta. I'm not going to miss, you know, I, I'm not that passionate of a person. Uh, but watching technology change and evolve is, to me, pretty wonderful. It's, it's just, it's a good story. So, I grew up, um, I was raised Catholic until I was about seven or eight, I believe. And then my dad just stopped caring and stopped going. And as kids, we didn't care. We didn't go. Um, I don't know what it was that killed my father's thoughts or what have you, but in the end, I feel comfortable being raised with some of the thoughts of like, be good to others and shake people's hands. And there's a community there. I think that's all good stuff. I'm not going to knock anyone for going to church. I'm not going to, uh, ever have an opinion that's negative of, of any type of church other maybe than church of Scientology. So, but do you remember when they would pass around the plate or the basket and like collect money. I always found that kind of awkward. Now think about it. Like I feel bad going into a coffee shop at times when I don't have cash to tip. Um, I don't have cash anymore. So anytime I am dealing with a situation of tipping, if it's not you know tied towards the bill, how do you do it? Because a lot of restaurants now and a lot of coffee places. They just, you know, zoom, zoom your card and give it right back to you. And do you want your receipt? You say no, your transaction's done. How did church stay in the 21st century, especially with millennials? Because millennials don't have cash. And I'm not saying I'm a millennial, but I'm saying cash is going the way of the dodo bird. Some people still like having it. I don't. Um, I find it filthy, dirty, and gross and nasty. Um, Plus, when I use cash, I'm not getting rewards, and I love the rewards. So... What's interesting is there are some apps now, Tithely.app. It takes a few uh, taps, built-in geolocation means you can go to, you know, uh, thousands of churches that subscribe. So the Catholic Church, the, the Pope, still not into electronic transactions. Um, I want to start an app called the Pope Pal where it's a way to collect money. And I'm not, I'm kidding, but it's also telling you the 21st century is here, right? So young congregations are great for churches because they kind of keep the church, you know, going. Uh, So they always have to focus on, you know, the 20-somethings per se. Um, There's a couple other apps. There's one called PushPay, which about 3,000 congregations employ. Works similar to Tidely. Uh, worshipers decide whether to donate to a general budget or a specific program that is designated. Another app called Easy Tithe features a text-to-give option. It also provides a technology for a square-like credit card reader to await the faithful in the church lobbies. Um, the idea of putting cash into a basket is kind of crazy. 
the fact that you can now say, I want this money to go to the church's reading program or the church's community-based give-back program or the church's international, uh, we're going to make homes program. It's pretty 21st century, and I like it. Um, and the idea of, like, some churches still have you put out, you know, fill in your uh, credit card number and put it in, and they process it that way. And, like, that's crazy to people under 40. Uh, writing down on a piece of paper your credit card details. Um, try to explain what a, a paper check is to someone who's under 40, and it's laughable. Um, people are so anti-writing their name on an envelope. Um, they just don't want to do it. So it's, it's I don't know, I guess I'm talking about technology and like how sometimes things are slow to change and how sometimes we come up with great solutions. And ultimately, I think um, that's a good solution. And there are some multiple winners there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The new Samsung Galaxy S7 is getting amazing reviews. The question is, will it be able to compete with Apple's iPhone? Not for the details or the specs, because they do. Their camera is way, way better than the Apple camera. Um, the phone is way, way better. You can put it underwater now. Uh, try that with your Apple phone if you're violently insane, um, i.e. don't try it with your Apple phone. So it's water-resistant, the new Galaxy S7. It has a bigger battery that charges quicker. It's got a memory card slot so you can expand the storage. A lot of the clunkiness has been stripped out of the software. So will this be the, the phone that you know dings Apple? It's got a curved screen, starts around $790, $690, depending on how much you get as far as storage and such. Uh, just because you have the best doesn't mean you could strip down um, the competition as well as the, the ecology. That's what most matters to me is I want to buy something and own it for life. So if I get you know, uh, Star Wars on iTunes, I kind of want to keep it. And I don't want to go to Samsung's iTunes store. Kind of switch. No, no, thank you. Find me online at Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, Yahoo. Oh, no, I don't have a Yahoo. <laughs> we'll take a break here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Do you remember GLH? Do you paint your bald spot? People used to heckle uh, um, call-in shows. Larry King. You'd be watching Larry King you're falling in bed and he's interviewing someone people would call and say larry do you paint your bald spot um we had product in the 1990s that was sold by ronco that it was hair paint i love this world like that's fantastic in my opinion it's an amazing feat of engineering when you're looking at samsung's new phone that you could put it underwater for 30 minutes i'm not saying do it but it, that's pretty cool. 
So it's got a better camera, better software, virtual reality tied towards it. Um, so we'll see if this is their moment or if they ultimately can't crack that status symbol, which is Apple. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Facebook's bidding on the rights to stream big NFL games, Thursday night games. They don't want just one one and out. They want the, the package. And that's Facebook has to evolve a lot like the Internet has evolved, right? Just think back when you first remember going to a corporate website of it was basically a catalog, right? Wasn't much going on there. And uh, it's nice to see. So stocks, they started the year off slipping roughly 10%, and they've gained back roughly 8 9%. So given the lousy start to the year, a lot of people are going, you know, our stock's good. Um, if you've been in the market for seven years, it's been an incredible bull market. Incredible. So you, you maybe started at 25, and now you're 32, and like all you've known is good. Um, some investors, you know, think that stocks are speculative or or you know, gimmicky. <clears throat> Stock prices are unpredictable on a minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour, day-by-day basis in the short term. There's a lot of trading and, you know, fast buying and fast selling, a lot of cash sloshing around. There's a lot of what I would refer to as arcane developments in the market that have little to do with companies' profit or their growth, and it can create a knee-jerk reaction. Some stocks can be swept up in short-term movements, and it can make you go, "What? this is crazy. I don't like this. This feels like a legalized gambling. But you have to learn the S&P 500 is up more than 11% a year on average for the past five years. Housing isn't. The S&P 500 has gained a more modest 6% a year over the past 10 years. But that's still 60% better than the five-year global bonds during that period. Return on cash has been even lower. And if you go back 10 years ago, um, in housing, some markets haven't gotten back to that level. Some just recently did. So stocks beat bonds over time. Stocks beat inflation. Stocks beat real estate. Um, Commercial real estate does better than residential real estate over time. If you can buy that commercial property that you're working at, say you're an insurance salesperson or you're an investment guy or you're a mom who makes uh, the nothing but cakes people, for instance, uh, if they can buy those locations instead of leasing them, oh, long-term great idea to own commercial property. The samples at nothing but cakes. Oh, that's all I need to say, right? That'll get you fat. I did a piece earlier today on renting, and I'm coming back to it one more time. Um, it's a different hour, and it's been a while since I talked about it. But America's big cities, we know a lot of people living in big cities are renters. Um, tied towards the, the affordability. A lot of times you move to the big city, it's your first or second job. And big cities are like Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, Dallas... Houston, L.A., Miami, New York, Philly, San Francisco. Um, Sometimes you have to live in the suburbs like like Jersey and take the ferry in or Marin and take the ferry in to the big city. 
But what we're finding now is that the suburbs are starting to see an increase in renters as well. And the extensiveness of it is it's perplexing. So the affordability problem is extending outside of the city. So the interplay of median rents and incomes, where we're not seeing incomes gain as fast as rents are. Tenants, you know, try to afford, you know, what they can afford, and renting's more affordable in these conditions versus owning. And when you come out of college with a big debt load and you don't have enough money to put down, you basically become a renter. So some of the easiest rents in the nation are Dallas and Houston, and yet you'll hear commercials on you know, radio and television talk about how great that area is, and it's not that great. Uh, very, very weak rents. Now, San Francisco and Washington, D.C., incredibly strong as well as New York, as you can well imagine. Um, you know, the median renter in San Francisco is makes about $58,000 a year. That's the median. So the median renter in Houston, Dallas, makes about $38,000 a year. So now we know real estate's had just a rough go, a lot of financial struggles, stagnant incomes, tighter credit, foreclosures. So I do want you to own a home at some point. Um, I think it's important, but it's not, you know, if you were to say, I'm going to rent for 40 years and put more into investments, I'd be like, good for you. If you can do that, good for you. And I sense a lot of millennials do want to go that direction. Maria Sharapova, her sponsor's quickly pulling away from her after she tested positive for the recently banned drug meldonium, which was apparently developed by the Russian military. And they're having problems fielding an Olympic team this year because of, of a ban on many of their track and field athletes. Um, so Sharapova, Russian. Nike said, see ya. Uh, $12.5 million a year. Gone, just like that. Um, now, she probably got a $12.5 million a year contract for cheating. So a lot like Lance Armstrong, who made well over $100 million, he got that because he cheated. So does cheating pay off? Hell yes, it does. Uh, I'm not saying if I were 12 years old, I'm going to start shooting myself up with some sort of drug so I can bulk up the size of Barry Bonds and smash balls over the wall. But he made a lot of money. And it's assumed he was a cheater, right? Sharapova made a lot of money. 100 plus million dollars. And it's assumed she's a cheater. Well, she she admitted to cheating. She's been taking the drug since 2006 for health issues. So what do you think? that Should we take away all of her winnings? Should we take away all of her titles? It's uh, the only way you stop cheaters. It's to disgrace them. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. The sharing and rental economy are the two hottest business sectors in the United Kingdom right now. There's a new report that I just read coming out of their Center of Economic Business Research that, to me, is pretty insightful. Um, It looks at the top 10 growth industries. And when you see reports like this, you're like, hey, I can get some ideas for investments. And the number of startups similar to popular U.S.-based car sharing and peer-to-peer property rental firms, typical that we're seeing peer-to-peer do quite well. The retail trade, though, with the exception of motor trades, is ranked sixth amongst the top ten business sectors in decline. So a lot of old business in decline, a lot of new types of business are on the up. It's worthy of note that the sharing economy is pretty powerful. And it's worthy of note that people who are young uh, are more likely to say, I'm fine with that. You know, my dream as a kid was to have a beach house. Kids today, their dream is to say, I want to visit, you know, Thailand and rent a beach house there. And then next year, I want to go to Timbuktu and rent a uh, beach house there. They don't want to own. They just want the experience. And I think that's very worthy of note and very worthy of, uh, you know, putting a finger on it and saying things have changed. Renters are rising on a trend, even more so than just the big U.S. cities, into the suburbs. In the American imagination, suburbs are a place to buy a house and put down roots. You know, you party, you do the champagne lounge in San Francisco, but hit 30, 35, and you go, it's time to settle down. A growing percentage of suburbanites rent. Now, you can't tell me that that's not a a mathematical, it makes you scratch your head and go, okay, let's think about this. About 29% of suburbanites living outside the nation's 11 most populous cities were renters in 2014, up from 23% in 2006. So in 10 years, we went from about one in four, a little under one in four, or renters, to now almost one in three. Uh, the finances of homeownership since the mortgage meltdown might be a, the lead reason, of course. But the cost of renting is also rising in most of the big metropolitan areas and areas around it. So you know the Atlantas, the Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Houston, L.A., Miami, New York, Philadelphia... San Francisco and Washington all have really, really big suburbs. Extensive, extensive. And again, you can see that the, the, it makes you scratch your head because owning has some value. Paying yourself rent has a lot of value. Getting a loan that's tax deductible has a lot of value. A loan being the mortgage. The affordability problem is the notable problem here. Um, renting is still more common in big cities than in suburbs. In Miami and New York, about two-thirds of residents rent, but the gap is starting to narrow. So where do renters have it the hardest? Oh, that's easy. But it also depends on how you measure it. But 
um, Washington, D.C., and San Francisco. So rents are easily, you know, $1,500 for a jail cell, uh, $3,000 for one bedroom, one bath, kitchen, you know, maybe 1,200 square feet. So half of San Francisco area tenants and 49% of Washington, D.C. Um, are rent burdened, meaning that they're struggling with their rents. So two-thirds of their income sometimes are going to rent. So there's a lot of foreclosures as part of the problem, financial struggles, a lot of student debt, stagnant incomes, tighter credit. Um, it is diff- it's not difficult. It's, it's more difficult to get a loan. It's not impossible. I mean, good golly, I saw a mortgage yesterday. Maybe this week is the way I've said it. A little allergy ridden today, so excuse me. Uh, Bank of America is offering a, a mortgage with just 3% down. That's not good. You may go, that's good. That's good. I'll get more people into homes. But what it does is it gets more people who shouldn't be getting homes into homes. So elsewhere out there today, Whole Foods announced they're going to get rooftop solar panels. And they're going to install rooftop solar panels from Elon Musk's Solar City and up to 100 stores. Um, that's good. Plan revealed uh, gave a, about a 6% boost to Solar City. It would be nice to see, and I, I guess this just can't happen because it just makes too much sense on paper. Um, or maybe in my head, and in reality, it would be a much more difficult thing. But it would be nice to see if all businesses kind of went this direction. So I would like to see communities go that direction as well. So if a developer, they're talking about maybe potentially pulling 280 out of the ground. Uh, I'm sorry, 101, the part, no, I'm talking about 280. Uh, where the 101 hits 280 and 280 goes towards the Bay Bridge, that whole area they're talking about destroying and putting in more real estate. It would be nice if all that real estate that put in brought solar with it, um, if that does it do, do truly indeed happen. Um, I live in a community where, you know, there's always constant fights of, you know, uh, dog parks versus parks, parks versus high schools. Um, you know, the city's growing. There's overcrowding issues that are happening. And down the road, there should be an argument of like, hey, should we put up you know, a solar farm? And all benefit from it. But that seems too obvious to me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Did you scratch your head when you heard the story recently about Amazon opening a second bookstore? Now, one could be kind of gimmicky, but aren't they the company that put bookstores out of business? Um, but Amazon did indeed truly open a, a brick-and-mortar bookstore in November. Um, there's rumors out there that there's going to be between 10 and 400 outlets total. They announced over the weekend that they opened their second one in San Diego. But why would they build bookstores? Um, the books are just the window dressing, according to Rob Enderley, who's a tech industry analyst. He's been on the show before. Amazon's using them to create a comfortable space for people to come in and get acquainted with the electronics they offer. They want to do more Kindle Fire tablets, Amazon Fire TV, and Echo. It's, Echo is a pretty cool product, popular with old people. I'm not sure why. Uh, voice-activated personal digital assistant. It's a music player. It's an all-around shopping aid. Uh, 
Um, they've got some smaller size things, the tap and the dot as well. Um, I'm an Amazon person because I'm just so busy that there's some days where I'm like, if I go and pull the last roll of toilet paper, I'm like, okay, while on toilet, get on phone. While on phone, go to Amazon, order toilet paper. So if any of you ever pick up my phone, you now know that I look at it while on the toilet. Probably not a good thing to pick up, eh? Um, and that'll be my last laugh if, when someone steals it from me. Um, so the perimeter of the Amazon stores look like a bookstore, but the guts are a tech store. And something that Apple did very, very wisely was the Apple stores. Um, and yeah, the traffic is cut down on them for sure, but people like to feel a device before they go out and spend a lot of money on it. It's not like why you test drive a car. You don't just say, I'll take that $40,000 car. You're like, I want to see how it handles. So uh, I think Toyota's got a 4Runner that I test drove and I hated it. So their Highlander I enjoyed considerably more. Um, more expensive vehicle for sure, but you get the idea. Or I, I think I've got the right cars, but you, you see where this whole Amazon thing's going. So Amazon's copying Apple, and Amazon, for the record, I think has been probably a little more innovative than Apple in the last few years. Apple still seems to be riding out the iPhone success, whereas Amazon, they are trying things with the Echo and with television and rental products, uh, television series and things along those lines that I guarantee you Apple goes that direction. McDonald's has a little bit of a, a flop. Um, they've, they're trying to come up with anything other than the dollar menu. So they've come up with a McPick 2. So you get uh, very lukewarm performance from it, though. McPick 2 for $2 led analysts to take a look at you know how the numbers are changing. And they've been doing great with the breakfast all day. But they're trying to get more sales other than just that to be. They're trying to get more, you know, to latch on to success. So analysts are cutting targets because the McTube deal's not really catched on. The fast food industry was sluggish in January. Um, good in February, but sluggish in January. So March was going to be important for the the quarter, and you know how much rain and things like that do affect it for sure. Uh, McDonald's has been has raised the price for its Mc2 to $5, now includes premium items like the Big Mac and Chicken McNuggets. To call those premium items, <laughs> you say it with a smile, right? Um, you don't really buy into it. But McDonald's stock, gosh darn, take a look at it. Near an all-time high. A company that's easy to bash, near an all-time high. You try to win the battle. Sometimes you just need to join them. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. You can hear this in Spanish if you hit the alternative language button on your controller. Roberto Negro y Doleros. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, market's a little bit weaker. Dow's down triple digits. My eyes are about to pop out of my head. I'm freaked out. No, I'm not freaked out. Energy's off 3%. It's giving up some gains. We talked about that yesterday. It's okay. Um, when oil went from $110 a barrel down to 28 it overshot on the short term on the neg- on the downside and it kind of said okay let's go back to 30 let's go back to 32 34 35 36 37 38 nope back down to 36 back up 37 um, 28 was probably too low 38 in the short term is probably too high so that's what we got, and the market is basically getting its play off of the price of oil. As oil goes, so goes the market. Um, gift cards. They've changed the rules. Remember Target, and they got that big issue a couple of years ago where data got stolen because the swipe is easy to steal, but inserting your card and having a pen transaction created a little bit more difficult. Um, so the credit card issuer said, look, we're not going to be online if you don't upgrade your scanning technology retailers. So one of the areas that it, it hits really interesting it, to me, maybe not to you, that gets hit really, really hard is it's in the scanning side of things. Um, in Petaluma last year, someone stole someone's credit card. They go into a store and they bought $15,000 of gift cards. Woo! Just like that. Such crimes total about $3.8 billion a year in counterfeit payment card losses. Retailers making it tougher to buy gift cards. So you'll see that if you go into a store. Smaller domination, cash only, putting limits on repeat purchases, stop selling cards altogether. Americans love to load up these cards, these prepaid cards, $651 million, up 57% in six years. Sweet! So, feeling a little bit of a pinch there, are we? 800-516-1228 to get your calls on the air. Protect your image. Sharapova, Maria Sharapova, beautiful blonde Russian, has basically admitted to taking drugs for many, many, many years. Um, illegal. <clears throat> Sponsors immediately cut ties. I wish, and may, this just is never going to happen, but wouldn't it be great if she had to pay back all of her winnings and all of her sponsorship money? Because Lance Armstrong showed us that you, you do win by cheating. Maria Sharapova shows us that you do win by cheating. And that's not the lesson we want our kids to see. Um, just throwing it out there for you. Her earnings last year were almost $30 million. So a lot of endorsement deals, a lot of extensive venture business ventures. I like seeing, I'm not saying I like seeing the mighty fall, but God, I do wish they'd have to pay that money back. 
I don't know why that why I'm so crazy about that, but I am. Um, elsewhere out there, bull market celebrating its seventh birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. So if you've been a bear, you've been a loser for seven years. It's been a nice long run. But one area where we're starting to see damage and it foretells of a weakness in the future is the IPO market. Data shows us that 23 out of 32 years, newly listed firms have underperformed the wider market during the first three years of listing, despite a typically strong opening day. That performance the IPO market shows speculation. But there's been a big downturn in 2015 that's persisted in 2016. And that's telling us that it might be time to look for a correction. Um, or something similar to the last time we saw IPOs dry up. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's a Federal Reserve kind of week. Um, this month, you know, we're trotting them out right now to see what they have to say. And then later in this month, we're going to just see if they decide to raise rates or not. Um, so that's going to be playing in people's heads. China's trade data rekindles slowdown fears. Their trade data is awful. But we're kind of building that argument again and again and again and again. So it's not as much of a surprise as it comes, you know, over time. Safe haven assets have been bid higher today. Crude oil slips under pressure. Um, financials. Big financial companies are underperforming. Life insurance names like MetLife and Prudential down 3% basically each. Uh, Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. JetBlue down 8% after reporting preliminary revenue per available seat decreased between 10 to 10.5% year over year. The transportation index as a group trimmed its year-to-date advance to half of 1%. Solar City up today on news they're going to be working with Whole Foods to install solar power systems at locations across the United States. That's I think that's that's good news. The more of that kind of stuff we do, the better. Um, I think we should make mandatory all new housing, residential and commercial, should uh, be mandated to come with solar. But we won't do it because we're not like that as a nation. A lot of weakness out there. In the discretionary space, Amazon, Nike, Netflix, all lower. 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black. Find me at Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.